All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo, fellas, fellas, fellas. What's up? What's popping? We're live right now. We're talking about for the next eh, 45 minutes, hour or so with Mr. Dylan Bird himself. I'll bring it in in a second about the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the API. Basically, just kind of going over our final picks where we're at right now from just a betting market standpoint, but also the DFS side of it. We'll be going over ownership. We'll take a quick look at the course and things along those lines, but we'll, we'll kind of bounce ideas off each other, bounce ideas off the chat as well. So we'll feed off of anything that you guys got to say in there. But yeah, I'm excited for this event. Look, we haven't had like a, I kind of like not having these full field events, but this is a nice little in-between where you get that sweat on Fridays for the cut. So it's going to be 123 golfer field. We have now the cut back, the API, the invitational, pretty strong field, I would say, especially what we've been getting the last couple of weeks. But yeah, excited to break it down today. All the people watching already right now, live 30 or so. Dylan, how you doing? How is your week so far? How's your week, your preparation for this event? It's going well. I'm ha- I got to say, I'm happy to have the... I, I'm happy to have the cutback because I never seem to do well in no cut events. Like I, I don't know what it is, but last week was brutal for me in terms of DraftKings. Uh, so look, I'm ready to get back this week. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like from no cut event standpoint, um, just even going back and looking at my own like outrights, it seems like I do very well. And I think it's just because I limit like the bombs. Like like if I have five guys on a card, like two 100 to one guys their odds of just beating out some of the best golfers in the world when those guys have an extra day or two to make up ground. Like you, I mean, you just saw it Hovland, like he absolutely erupts and then he's in the running down the stretch last week. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, um, see some people hopping right now into the chat. What's up, what's up, what's up. We'll answer those questions as we go along through it. So yeah, Dylan, let, let's start this thing off. We, I mean, at this point in the week, we don't have to get too deep into like uh, all the co- course history, stuff like that. They probably watched some of my content already in the week, some other people's content as well. So you know what you're getting, you're getting Bay Hill. Right now, you're going Bermuda, so you're back in Florida at this point. It's going to be a par 72. Depending on where you look, it's around 7,400 yards. So it's going to be something that when you're looking for the prototypical player, I mean, similar to last week is something that you're going to be seeing. Uh, Distance is going to be something that's going to matter, but really long irons, uh, getting those dialed in. You see Morikawa winning last week kind of fits that description to a T. So is there anything that you're specifically looking for when you're looking at stats? I mean, ball striking is something that... Last week, I waited. It's such a similar model for me as last week, maybe around the green a little bit different. Anything specifically standing out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm really honing in on approach, specifically proximity 200 plus. I mean, you mentioned the long irons, but quick stat here uh, from Fantasy National Golf, 29.2% of approach shots uh, are from 200, 200 plus here. So that's by far the most compared to any range. And the average tour event, you get 22.9% from 200 plus so i mean look significant increase there here so that's like the most that's like the most i'm so between approach and proximity 200 plus those are like two of the most important things also there's four par fours 400 to 450 four par fours 450 to 500 hit you know doing well in the par fours is going to be important and of course when there's four par fives strokes gained par fives will also be important so those are some things that i'm looking into you mentioned ball striking also important this week as well yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's kind of like where I'm at right now. And I, I can quickly, before we start to get into the salary ranges, um, I just want to touch on some of the ownership that we're seeing up top right now. Somebody asked in the chat, and it was sort of an OG, Mr. Poker, right now in the chat. He says, favorite approach, um, two studs or bounds. So basically lineup constructions this week. This is a good way to start right before we start to get into the salary caps. Uh, for me, it's going to be just two studs. In two studs, meaning 10K plus range, that 9K range for me, it seems kind of hollow. The 8K range seems like a pretty solid range, just uh, highlighting it right away. But it seems like a lot of people are doing that. Ownership right now that I have below on Patreon, we also added a lineup optimizer for PJ, which has been dialing it in, adding randomness and things like that, if you guys want to check it out. But Hovland and Rory, my two highest owned guys right now, projection-wise, guys like Fitzpatrick, Sanjay, Hatton, all within that like top six, seven owned. So it seems like the field, like 20 plus percent owned type guys right now, the field and the players in general are starting to gravitate towards those two stud builds. What are you thinking early on? Yeah, so I haven't started building the lineups yet. I usually do that always Wednesday night. That being said, based on like guys that I've highlighted, I think I, I can't see myself going balanced this week. I'm mostly going to probably go like, I'll probably go with like one guy in the 10K, one guy in the 9K, and then just kind of to go down from there. Or I'll just go 10K and then jump all the way down to the 8K range immediately and just build from there. But I can't like in, in previous tournaments, uh, not really last week, uh, but in, in, in prior weeks, I think, I believe it was the tournament before that I was fine starting with a guy in like the low nines and just trying to build a balanced lineup here. I can't really see myself doing that, especially with some of the yeah. guys ranked over 10 K that I definitely want to get to. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then we can start it there basically in this 10 K range highlighted by Rory up top. Yeah. Bryson, Hovland, Reed and Hatton at this point. Look, when I opened the odds for this event, I was 
expecting to see, you know, Roy probably up there as, as a favorite. I was expecting to see Hatton a little bit higher. I hit him at 20 to one. He was the first bet that I made seeing as that 20 to one number, probably most of the time translates to DraftKings pricing. We get him at $10,000. So the defending champ here, somebody that's won overseas a couple of times in the last six months, I believe twice in the last six months. I don't think he's really getting the respect that he deserves. Patrick Reed, Hovland playing well last week and, and also this year right now, a lot of second place finishes heading in front of him. I would say that if I'm just looking at the 10K plus range right now, Hatton's the guy who stands out for me the most. One, you get a nice little salary price discount. I think that you're getting just a little built-in discount because of those Vegas odds and where they open. Obviously, you're getting a guy who, who kind of sets up well here from just this course in general. He projects for me 72.8 fantasy points right now. That's the fourth highest for me on the slate. So I think he's slightly underpriced. Hands where my eyes gravitated towards first. He's kind of the guy that building these stars and scrubs lineups I'm, I'm working through and starting there. Is there anybody in this 10K plus range that stood out to you in that same type of way right away? Yeah, so I'm also looking at Haddon for sure. I mean, this course just fits him to a T. I mean, you're looking at guys who could hit who could hit their long irons good. He ranks first in the last 24 rounds in proximity 200 plus. Um, that's just something you always see with Haddon, obviously defending champion here. So yeah, I think that you know he's he's well. I'm for sure gonna own him at, at ten thousand dollars. Then also two other guys I'm looking at here definitely Victor Hovland at ten six. Um, Hovland's actually my winner pick this week. Just gonna throw that out Ooh. right now. Um, I, I'm not going to actually, I'm probably, we'll, we'll talk about betting odds later. I'm not going to actually bet Hovland just cause I don't think the odds are worth it, but he is my, if I had to pick a winner, it'd be him. The guy comes in completely on fire. Um, really good with long irons in the past. And I just, I like his, re, I like his form and I, I like him this week for sure. Now, if I had to pick a third guy from this range, it would be Patrick Reed, just, you know, 10,000, uh, $10, just pretty much rock solid across the board um in in a lot of different categories i can't say he like stands out of my model or i can't even say he stands out in any specific categories but he's just a guy that you could you know consistently rely on to play well and you'll probably get a decent you know you'll probably get a decent ownership discount possibly um compared to like a Haddon or a hovland so i think reed maybe maybe uh worth it at 10 too also yeah, the other thing with Reed, like when you look at courses, just in terms of like that killer mindset, if you're coming in on a Sunday, if you have a guy, just a horse in the race that's within shouting distance, like you saw it this past weekend, Reed's one of them. In this field, I would say like the other ones are probably Rory and Bryson, but that's really it. So you kind of had that little added juice on Sunday. Somebody who's a killer out there, like last week when when I had Morikawa as an outright bet and the closest guy to him is like Billy Horschel, like I have absolutely no worries at that point going in there at all. Like there's some other guys who can maybe chase him down, but the guy in second place is Billy Horschel. Like I'm not worried at all as opposed to when Dustin Johnson's tracking you down from behind or a Morikawa or something like that. So there's kind of like that added benefit. I would say that, you know, your guy's not going to choke away Sunday if he's in contention with some of these bigger names, because he's been there and done that many of times, including this year, uh, getting to the nine K range now, so, like I said, it's kind of a dead range for me. Like Fitzpatrick up top, I know how well he's playing. I know how well he plays here in ninth and a second place the last two years. Um, you, you can just say in terms of being comfortable, he has a home there and, and all that narrative, things like that. It's interesting though. Like he is, I don't want to say ceiling capped, but that's kind of the way that I view him. And now when he's priced up at this $9,800 range, it's somebody that I don't usually find myself getting to. Solid golfer all around. Obviously, probably his best asset is, I mean, the irons are dialed right now, but probably that putter still. So at 9,800, he's somebody that like, I'm not even looking at it this week when it comes to single entry three max. 150s, he's not even in a player pool for me right now. Um, what do you think about Matthew Fitzpatrick? Because that price at 9,800, the odds, well, the way he's playing right now, I think he's a sharp bet in the betting markets, but I think it's a tough pill to swallow at the price tag. Yeah, there's there's no way I get to Fitzpatrick this week. So I'm on the same page as you uh, there this weekend. I know a lot of people like him a lot. He's going to be very highly owned. Um, that being said, I just, I, 9,800 just seems way too much to pay up. Like I, yeah, he could play well this week, but there's just other guys in this 9k range that I would rather go with. Um, obviously when you look at Fitzpatrick guy ranks 12th in my model. So again, I think he'll probably play well this week, especially the way the irons have been dialed in. As you said, the putters, you know, always really good. It just, it's just too high of a price for me to, to, for me to go to for Fitzpatrick here. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, even if he finishes 12th this week, like I don't want him, like, yeah, like he's, he's an, he's a fine scorer, but it's just like the, the upside now at that price point. So who, who is your guy then? Who is your guy in the nine K range? Um, yeah. if there's a guy who would it be? So I haven't, so I, as I said, I haven't built my lineups yet, but right. I, obviously I have guys that I'm targeting in each range and I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to try and balance everything with ownership. Um, the thing is, I feel like this week's a little bit of a chalky ownership week. Like, I feel like that everyone like likes the same guys. Like, usually there's always a few guys I plug in and they come in really low ownership. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Um, this week I had to do a little bit more digging 
to see who I liked in this low ownership. And I think that, so first of all, the two guys, I, the two guys I like here first are Sanjay M at 9,700 always plays well in Florida. Last uh, two times he's played this course, he's finished either third or top third. Um, and yeah, again, just the guy's unbelievable in Bermuda. So I like him there. I like Paul Casey as well. Uh, Casey playing, re- he's played really, really well lately. I know he, I'm pretty sure he played a few Euro events recently that he was. Yeah, he did. Um, that, like that's, yeah, that's, that's the guy like overseas. He's playing well. Um, and we don't get those stats, but even overseas he's playing well. Yeah. And then in terms of just last 24 rounds, proximity 200 plus, um, he ranks fourth in that. So, I mean, you, this is a guy who's going to hit his long irons. Well, um, obviously you got to worry about the putting with Paul Casey around the green, but you know what, if his irons are dialed in, maybe he gets a pot, hot putting reek and, and, and could be really good. But, you know, Casey and him, they're, again, once again, two guys that are going to bring in a ton of ownership. And that's why I'm also looking at Jordan Spieth at 9,300 this week. Uh, look, the, the ownership's projected to be low, around possibly 6 7%. Um, he's never played this course before, so I think that people are shying away from him. Um, you know, his price is a little bit high. So I, again, I think that's why people are shying away from him. Also, when you just like plug in model stuff, you're looking last 24 rounds, last 24 rounds is it, assuming that, you know, the player that you're talking about has made the cut every time, which we know Spieth hasn't, but that's including what the last like six tournaments in Spieth's case, it's probably last seven or eight tournaments. He's only been, you know, he's only been playing well the last three tournaments or so. So I think his recent form is really good. That's not going to show up as much if you're plugging in last 24 for modeling. So that's why he ranks six, 60th in my modeling. That being said, his recent form is is unbelievable. Like he's he's had some really good events recently. Uh, we know that the irons could be good when he's playing well on um, the putter. You know, if he's playing well, the putter is going to be good. So yeah, I, I think that Spieth is a good candidate here for a low ownership play at six or seven percent, nine thousand three hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. My my concern with Spieth is just the off the tee play still. Like that's the thing that no matter. what, a concern for Jordan and last week we saw his irons weren't clicking as much and that was and then we ended up seeing a Genesis and that was like the first event where distance started to matter a little bit and he kind of got saved out by the putter and that's something that as long as that's clicking yeah he'll he'll kind of hang around there in this price range I'm probably still gonna be off of him like if we can see off the tee come to life which is not something that I really don't know how long it's been since he had like a a great two three strokes gained off the tee type of an event i assume it's been over a year so that's my concern here if the irons stay dialed in like it was a couple weeks back where he's gaining four or five strokes that's one thing but yeah the low ownership that's kind of baking that all into account i think paul casey's the guy for me in this range he's my second bet of the week on outrights uh i ended up betting him on at 28 to 1 like we said he's been playing overseas as well so you're not going to see as much recent stuff like he hasn't played on the tour in three weeks since the pro-am which is a course that normally he plays very well at finishes fifth the approach play has been dialed in i mean he's gaining strokes everywhere over the last couple of times that we've seen him and basically every time we've seen him so far on tour this year at the amex and the at&t so i think he opened that 31 quickly got bet down i got him at 28 i think he's at 25 22 on some of the sites i'm looking at now that's kind of the guy in the 9k range if i was to go there but yeah a lot of this range just doesn't seem that appealing to me i think that the range that probably seems the most appealing overall i mean the up up top range you can't really go wrong but factoring in price i think the ak range is really appealing but before we get there i'll just let people know that today's show is sponsored by and brought to you by superdraft so we talk about on the nba streams a lot about how superdraft contests don't fill it's like a whole nother world when you want to talk about pga mma some of these these sports where there's just less content being made for them like nba every single day there's a lot of creators that make content a lot of sites that push blog posts about it things like that not as much when it comes to pga not as much when it comes to mma they're just not as big sports yet so like you have contests for PJ this week, probably an hour or two before lock, even like 20 minutes before lock the last couple of weeks, they'll be like 50% filled and they're guaranteed prize pools. So as long as you're in there, you're automatically, if it fills at 60%, beating 40% of the field, which is just nuts. Like if I told you tonight that I had the, or for this event, like I had the guy that no matter what, no matter what, these two players are going to be in the winning lineups. Like you're going to increase your chances of winning by 40%. You would clearly play them. If I told you hundred percent or otherwise your money back guarantee, that's the equivalent of what's happening just because the prize pools aren't filling over there. So be sure to check it out. If you have any questions, it's not legal in all states. I think it's currently legal in like 35 states like it's technically legal in all states they just haven't gotten licensed in all of them got to pay those dollar ruskies to get licensed there but yeah you can check it out down below my name's sal s-a-l we'll get you a free money bonus in a slow drip format up to 500 dollar ruskies any questions just reach out that code sal down below in the description as well the ak range like i said i think it's loaded yeah billy horschel was flying up top the, the concerns with him is like the guy i mean honestly just can't close you have louis who's been playing well as of late but then you get to this range of for me at least right now 
It's Molinari. It goes from Molinari at $8,700, and then it goes down to Sam Burns at 84. All those guys, Will Z, Max Homa. I currently have bets on Burns and, and Will Z, I believe, at 50 to 1 apiece right now. I'd be fine starting my lineup with three of those guys. I mean, four, I don't know if that'll all fit in. I haven't tried to build that one out yet, but Burns, Molinari, Zaltoris, Homa. Right now, if you want to look at like who's picking up ownership, if I pull up the projections, we currently have like Burns is going to yield some ownership. Zalatoris is yielding some ownership. Burns is one of the highest owned guys right now. So, so is Zalatoris. So obviously people are gravitating towards this range. Homer, you're going to get a little bit of a discount. Who's just a couple of weeks removed right now. I believe two weeks removed since winning um, in California. So that's a range that I like a lot right now. All those guys are kind of firing. I'm curious before we dive into details on maybe ranking that 8K range. I'm curious if you enjoy this range as much as me. Is there a single player who stands out in the 8K range to you? Yeah, so right before we get into the 8K range here with me, just wanted to say I just ran the model over the last 12 rounds, okay. and Spieth comes at rank 14th in the model. So that's what I'm saying, like just his recent form. Uh, so just wanted to run that. But now in terms of the 8K range here, I'm a huge fan of this range also. You got guys like Zalatoris at 8.6, who I really like. And then my favorite play from this range is, you know, it's, it's chalk, but it's Sam Burns at 8.4. I mean, I'm actually surprised he's not priced higher than that the way he's been playing. He's one of those guys, like, he's he's been so close to a win. Um, he's kind of just, like, fell apart on the weekend. I he, He's going to get it, like, very soon, I think. Uh, I would not be surprised if Sam Burns wins this tournament. Um, ranks fourth in my model. He's just, he's the type of guy that, you know, again, he's, he, his recent form is great. Uh, his approach is great. His approach over his last 24 rounds ranks 13th. Um, his strokes gained par fives ranks second. Greens in regulation, eighth. Opportunities gained first. So look, I, I really like Sam Burns for sure. I know it's chalky. You just got to make sure you um, pivot ownership in other areas if you're going to take Sam Burns. Zal Torres, I mentioned also, comes up sky high in my model. Actually, Zal Torres is my number one guy in my model. So going to take Zal Torres as well. Uh, now, if we're looking at a few other guys, and one guy who I'm really interested in, who I'm pretty surprised is not projected to be that uh, highly owned, is Max Homa at 8.5. Like, I understand, like, yeah, he just won at, um, at, at the Genesis. Like, people don't expect him to win again. But if I'm taking a guy like Max Homa at 8.5, his recent form is unbelievable. Sixth in my model this week um, in terms of just, you know, stats that are important that I've mentioned. Ninth in terms of stroke, strokes gained approach. Uh, ninth in terms of par fours, 450 to 500. First in terms of strokes gained par five. First in terms of three putt avoidance. Like, I don't see him slowing this down anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I don't need him to win if I'm taking him at 8.5. Like, if he finishes top 10, that's going to work out for sure. So I'll for sure be taking some Max Homa at that low ownership. Yeah, I, I think Homa, if I'm talking about, like, large field events right now, I think Homa's my favorite play in this 8K range. If I'm talking about, like, a lot of the contests that I play, which is, like, let's say 500 people and less, 1,000 people and less, I think it still burns. I think I can get by with if he's 15 to 20% on this week. I think I have him at 23% right now. I can get by with that if there's 500 people in the event and 125 have him. I'm fine with that. But yeah, we have home at 5% right now. So anything that starts to become larger field where you you actually benefit a lot more from getting that leverage on it. So if you're playing the 100,000 to first, the 50K to first, a lot of entries in it, I think home is my favorite play in this range. So the thing about home, like you're saying, one is ownership and two, it's just the way that he's playing right now. Even in his bad weeks, if you want to call them bad weeks, like you had last week at the WGC, he's still, or, or a couple of weeks back, um, Genesis wins and he's at WGC and he's basically gaining strokes everywhere. Still, he just doesn't have a, a fire around with the irons. It's like a net neutral for him, but everything still was clicking. He was kind of there, right? Heading into the weekend, never was catastrophic, maybe one hole here or there, which is basically what's going to happen for most guys. And he just didn't have that big putting week. Like he did when he won the Genesis gaining four or five strokes, which is something that you'll usually need here. It's something that we've seen the last couple of years, guys, just Molinari, Rory having career putting um, days when they've actually come to this and won this event the last couple of years. So I think home of factoring in just depending on how big of a field you're playing in, I'm sure most people will be playing in massive ones. I think that's where I probably go the most right now. So, so Josh asks, who do you like on Superdraft this week? Yeah, so Superdraft with the multiplier, it, it's actually pretty interesting. Like Molinari, it, it almost just makes him look like a lock. Like Molinari has a 1.45x multiplier right now. Him and Homa, they have similar multipliers too. If I just like go down, guys like Chris Kirk, guys like Kyle Stanley, I mean, Pat and Kazire, Peter Malnati, like these guys are being valued on Superdraft as the same golfer, which I mean, you can quickly see whether you're looking at better markets or just DraftKings here, they're in totally different salary ranges. So those are the two guys who stand out by far the most to me. A 1.45x multiplier in Molinari, a 1.4x multiplier in Homa. The, only, the other thing that's nice about that is the smaller field, which you're going to have the cut on Friday still, just by the numbers, 123 golfers instead of like 150, 160 plus, you're going to be getting a lot more guys to make the cut. So 
especially on a site like Super Jeff, where you don't have to get different as much because the contests don't fill, you can actually just like play those guys all you want. Like the guys who grade out really well and not worry too much about the ownership side of it. So anything else on the 8K range from you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, the only other guy I have like starred as a potential play is Molinari at uh, 8,700. But based on like the amount of guys that I like already in all these like different ranges, I, I, don't, I can't see myself possibly... Maybe maybe I get to him in one lineup, but I don't think I get to anyone else in this 8K range. I think it's just those three guys in the mid eights that I'm really focused in on. Actually, actually, I have I do have a note right below this this uh, 8K range, right on this 8K range, and I wrote I literally wrote, "Do I dare go Kisner at 8,000, 3.7% ownership?" This was I guess when I did this research, it was around yesterday. So, look, Kisner. I mean, I feel like he's a lot better than the 8K price. Like he could be at least. Um, obviously he's a guy who's going to putt really well. He's played well here in the past. That being said, I just, I don't see myself getting to him, but I, I do have that note there also. <laughs> yeah. Kisner, Kisner, like a month ago on record, <laughs> on record stating, I think right before the event or either when he missed the cut, it was one of those, I think it was before the event on record stating, like, do you think you have a chance of winning? This was the question. And he was just like, no, like he said, no. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, well, what do you mean? Like, why are you here then? And he's like, because the tour pays a lot of money to finish 25th. So <laughs> like, he clearly knows like he doesn't set. I think that might've been a couple weeks back to Genesis. Like he clearly knows that he, his game does not set up well here. He can be accurate, which can get him around. But like when you don't have the driver, when you really don't have long irons, it, it starts to become difficult. Let, let's play midway through as we hit the seven K range. We got 50 plus people. If you have any questions, let us know. We're incorporating all questions. I see some more. Um, we'll hit a question and then we'll play, uh, let's play a little bit of a game. I don't, do you have uh do you have my, the Patreon ownership stuff up or no? Or do you have ownership of anything up? Yeah, I have, I have your stuff up. Yeah, we, we filter that by uh, the ownership high to low and we'll play uh, we'll play a little game. We'll see who out of all the guys who are like 20 plus percent on 19 plus percent will go with. Um, so there's like six, seven guys right now. Who's a guy that you basically would fade if you had to pick one of them just based on their ownership and, and why. But we'll, we'll take a question right now. We have Mr. Brian Beaver, who was in the jock market chat, I believe, last night as well. He said, what's up, Sal and Dylan? Do you think Sanjay Im and Killa Keith Mitchell make the DK optimal for the third straight year? So obviously Sanjay finishing third place back-to-back years here. Killa Keith just pops up whenever he sees Bermuda for the first time in the year on the PGA Tour, does something with it. Um, obviously, like it's the same way last year. Like Killa Keith showed no life coming into last year, comes up onto um, Bermuda, plays well. And now you hit the same situation this year. Like I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Like I'm not going to take last year's into this year's. It's obviously funny if it happens again. Um, I don't have any interest in, in in Keith Mitchell right now, but there is something to it. There is something to it when he gets on the Bermuda grass in Florida. Um, Sanjay, I'm fine with though. Sanjay at that price point, definitely over Fitzpatrick for me. I don't have any issues with Sanjay. I just rather go down to that 8K range. Anything for you here? You like Killer Keith? Yeah, I mean, I like I like Sanjay. Uh, Keith Mitchell, I was obviously going through. You know, when I was doing my research, I'm going through the course history, and I was like, is, is this guy serious? ranks 105th in my model but just destroys this course that being said i just would rather go to safer plays in the six in the 6k range i mean is if, if any plays are safe in the 6k like not yeah not not plays aren't really safe in the 6k is what i'm saying but so you, so as a dart throw sure i like it um but i'm not gonna end up playing <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say you're going to burn your money if you do that. I'm going to go away yeah. from that. But uh, all right, so you got these guys pulled up for ownership. Wise. So in terms of highest owned guys as it stands Wednesday afternoon, we have the ownership projections, rankings, all that stuff. Optimizer now too. If you want to check it out below on Patreon. But um, right now, this is where I have guys at 19% or above. Hovland in order. Hovland, Rory, Burns, Fitzpatrick, M, Molinari, Zalatoris, and Hatton are all coming in at 19% or above right now. So it's about what, seven, eight guys. Out of those guys right now, um, which one stands out the most as a fade for you? Fitzpatrick easily. And then honestly, like, like I mentioned, I just mentioned Molinari, but look, seeing, seeing what his ownership here is now, just like, I, I don't think I could take Molinari either. Like I, I just mentioned that I had him starred, but I think that the ownership's ridiculous on him. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Fitzpatrick's the guy for me. A- after that, I would actually go with Rory just because of the price tag. I mean, it's it's easy to lock it in with a lot of value that we have, but I think I like some of those 8 and 9K guys more. On the flip side of that, out of all these guys that are highly owned, now that we can kind of take some of those guys out, who's the one guy that you're okay? You, you, you got, you're got starting your lineup. You got nobody in there right now. Ownership, not as much of an issue because you're putting your first guy and you can get different elsewhere. You can leave money on the table, which is a less talked about, but good strategy. Leave 500 bucks on the table. You really don't have to fade anybody at that point. Um, who's the guy that you would uh, you, you would eat the ownership on, put your chips on? I've already said this, but my winner pick, Victor Hovland. Uh, yeah, again, I'm just going to have to... And honestly, Sam Burns too. Like, though, If I had to pick right. two winners this week, those are the guys. Now, obviously, everyone agrees with me, but uh, uh, I think you just, you got you got to do it. Like, Both of them set up really well for this course. Both of them are playing great. And like, I, I would be shocked to see one of them not play well this week, honestly. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Those those guys are. I would say Burns is is up there for me. Uh, it would be for me. It would be Hatton just getting a little bit more security with it. Also, out of all those guys who are higher owned, he ends up being the lowest owned of them. But yeah, ha, I would say Hatton and then Burns for me are the ones that I, stand out the most. I don't know what it is with Hatton. I feel like I've never like I have never played like whenever I I don't even know how much I've played him, but like I feel like I've never played him and he's ne- like I if I have played him he's definitely not done well when I've played him for sure like I feel like I've well, never yeah like a lot a lot of the times Hatton just doesn't show up like he plays a lot overseas like last right. year was kind of his his breakout year if you will like he shows up he wins a couple of times he wins this event here um he finishes like right after this event I, I believe he he was leading on late in the day on Sunday I think that was Morikawa's first win if I recall correctly um or Morikawa might have lost in a playoff um, but then he finishes like third, uh, just missed out on the playoff hat. And then he goes on like this tear and he's great overseas. He's like in a totally different class when he goes overseas. Like he is like the top echelon golfer there, but now what is he, isn't he like the fifth or sixth ranked golfer in the world? Just very quietly on the PGA tour side of things, the world golf rankings. So yeah, yeah he's, he's a guy that I think I last year, just playing him a lot and kind of riding those waves. Like my biases are, are definitely there a little bit, but also the way that he plays and what we're getting on him as a value price right now. Yeah. He ranks fifth in the world. It's absolutely crazy how quietly this guy's like a top five golfer yeah. in the world right now. Yeah, um, no, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be playing him. I'm just, I'm just saying I, I have my concerns. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope, uh, I, I hope I, he seems like a guy who will be like another community quote unquote win. Like a lot of people are on Morikawa, a lot of people are on Brooks just because of like these numbers that stand out as being a little bit too high. The seven right. K range. I think there's a lot of guys that are appealing. Um, I think I like the eight K range more still, but this top of the seven K range, I mean, we got guys like Cam Davis, Tringale, Lanto. I mean, Corey Connors a little bit more down. These are some guys that stand out to me. What uh, stands out to you in the seven K range? The most you're going to get, you're basically going to get everybody in this range being like 10% owned or less. Like the highest owned guy in the seven K range right now for me is, cam davis at 15 percent, but then after that it's a bunch of guys at like 10 percent or less yeah and ironically cam davis is my probably my top play from the 7k range um again i feel like everything is rolling towards chalky ownership but i'll figure out a way to you know split that up a little bit but cam davis at 7900 when i put in the bermuda filter to the model that i ran he ranked number two in it um in my general model ranks 18th um a guy who you know when you look at him right here well, good off the tee, um, but I, I'm not too concerned off the tee this week. What really stands out is that just proximity 200 plus is he's second in his last in terms of strokes gained there uh, in his last 24 rounds. So who else is up- high? Who else is high up in that in that like that? So that range is pretty important. It was really important last week. I think it'll be important again in that proximity 200 plus. Do you have that up? Who who's yeah. like top five, top six, top seven? In so that? over the last 24 rounds, Haddon is one. Bryson DeChambeau is two, tied second with Cam Davis, then Paul Casey, then Christopher Ventura at 6'2 is fifth, and then Wyndham Clark, Will Gordon, Paul Gigoidos. I cannot say I've heard of him. He ranked like, yeah. Um, Mark Leishman at nine, Cam Champ at 10. And it's pretty funny that, like, what, five of those come in the 6K range? Um, yeah, I mean, Champ, Champ makes sense. Like, he'll always be there, and then he yeah. just won't do it. He'll, I think he the big problem with that. a lot of these 6K guys is that they can't do anything else. Like, literally, like, this is the only stat that they excel in. Right. Which is, which is I, I think the Ventura one's kind of interesting just because um just I mean he's been doing that a little bit more recently. Like yeah, he he's popped up ago, was for me. Yeah. Um but yeah, I probably won't get to him at six two. Yeah, that's fair. So sorry I cut you off midway through the praise and love for Mr. Cameron Davis. Oh yeah, no, I'm just saying uh any guy that ranks that high in terms of that is just gonna is I think you know gonna have success here. Looking at other guys, you got Tringali, Cameron Tringali, who ranks third in my model. He also, you know, just pretty much across the board has been playing unbelievable golf. Third in strokes gained approach last 24 rounds, seventh strokes gained par fives, 16th, uh, 200 plus. That would get it done here. Um, another guy that I think is interesting, Charlie Hoffman, ranks ninth in my model. He's ranked high recently, but the problem is, is that he's been like on and off with injuries. Um, so I haven't really gone to him, but I think that he he looks okay now. Uh, Hoffman's a guy I could go to at seven, six. Also a few others. I got starred here. Uh, Christian, uh, Beeson Hout. I don't know. I, I, Bezden, I, I never know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah. I'll call, I'll call him a uh, C biz, uh, what everyone calls him, but seven, five. Uh, I think he has a few stats that I, that I like. Uh, so one thing that's one thing that I, I, we haven't spoke about this, but one thing that I thought was really interesting about this course is that in terms of par threes, they're all really, really long. Like the par threes on this course, there's four of them. They all rank between, uh, they're all, they're all 200 between 200 and 225 yards. Uh, C biz happens to rank first 
in Parth in uh, Parth in in Parth threes from that range. So just you know, can't say he ranks highly in my model. He doesn't, but anytime you see a few stats that jump out of you like that, you know, you think maybe I'll throw him in. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll let you go and talk about the high seven k range now, and then I'll get to the low seven k range. Yeah, I think that I think that the high seven k range has a lot of familiar names, at least for me, guys that I usually end up going to probably when they're in the six k range, like. I'm somebody who gets to Tringale, Lanto a lot. I'm sure a lot of people do in the industry. I like to see Shane Lowry in this type of an event. I like to see him just pop up, especially in that range where Lanto and Tringale are not playing as well as those guys. But I do like to see him popping up, not having good success here, but he's somebody that I can easily pivot over to. But yeah, I think this is a good time for this question. Somebody asks uh, between scary flying. Who do you like between Tringale and Griffin? I could, uh, so for, for this side of it, these guys are really close for me. Like obviously basically the exact same price point. They are identical. Their ownership right now is coming in both of them for me. 13% Tringale, I believe 12% right now on Lanto. Uh, for the exact projections, I have Lanto at 59.2 uh, projection and Tringale at 58.5. So it's a coin flip. So I would go Lanto and Tringale. Lanto coming in with slightly lower ownership, but depending on your tournament, it'll probably end up being very similar. So yeah, the top of that range, I would probably rank it um, Alanto, Tringale, as the guys who stand out, Cam Davis, but the guy that I like to get to the most, especially if I'm going to be somebody building. So if we're just talking like lineup construction wise, if I want to get like a hat in, and then maybe I go and get a Bryson, whoever those two guys are up top, I want to dip into the 8K range where it's loaded uh, and get one guy there. It's going to be tough to get to this upper 7K range as, as compared to the six and the lower 7K range. So a couple guys who stand out to me, I would say the first one is Poulter, who overseas has been playing well right now, who at this event has also been playing well, I would say. And the way that this field sets up, uh, you, you just get those the less overall bodies you're going to get cut. I think that really benefits these guys in this mid 7K range for easier and a higher made cut equity. But then they also have a ceiling on them, some of them. So you're getting Poulter just playing well the last couple of times that we've seen him playing better even overseas in events in fields that not, not are as similar as this one, but you saw a lot of guys go overseas for the first couple of events. So Poulter, and then the guy who I probably like the most who's coming in right now with just 7% projected ownership is Corey Connors. So Corey Connors is somebody that I'd say I'm probably a sucker for a lot of the times, but Corey Connors, everybody's on him at the Genesis, right? He ends up being 12% owned in some contests, 19% owned overall. Uh, last time that we saw him at the Genesis, misses the cut. He was well, way, way, way too cheap in the 7K range in a loaded field. He got actually pushed down pretty far. And then he misses the cut. Nobody wants to be on him, but he loses three strokes with the putter. Like that's going to happen with Corey Connors. That's just the name of his game. And he's actually been better around the green, better with the putter than he has historically been like this time last year. So I'm fine to go back to him. The approach play was still there. The off the tee wasn't horrible, still gained strokes tee to green. So in this type of an event, now with a decreased price point and ownership, it's basically just flop flag. Everybody wants a guy the last time that they saw him. Now he's even cheaper with less ownership and he sets up fine here as well from a ball striking standpoint. So I'll go right back to him. Connors makes it easy to kind of transition to those two stud lineups because he's a cheap 7K option that kind of makes it so you don't have to dip down into the 6K range again. So Connors is probably my favorite guy in the 7K range as it stands right now. I think we'll probably get single digit ownership on him. Yeah, the day Corey Connors finally wins a tournament will be the day that I rejoice. I mean, how I've played, I've played this guy, I feel like in every tournament and, and it's just like, there, there's no like really bad results for the most part, but there's no like really good results. Like it's always just like, I don't know, finishing like 31st or like 27th. Like I, it's nothing like outstanding, but because his approach is so good, he's always going to rank highly. I obviously am playing him as well. Uh, rank seventh in my model. If you put the Bermuda grass in, he ranks first. So, I mean, that's just the way it is with Corey Connors is that anytime you wait approach highly, he's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to be there. So yeah, I'll be playing Corey Connors again. Hopefully he does well. Uh, also other guys I like in this low 7K range, Luke List, another guy who I tend to gravitate towards, can't putt, can't chip. Um, but, you know, he hits his, hits his long irons really well. And then another guy, Chris Kirk at 7,000, uh, ranks 14th in my model. And just another another guy who's pretty like solid across the board, uh, ranks se- uh, some of his stats that jump out, ranks 7th in par 4s, 400 to 450. And then has ranked 27th in approach over his last, you know, uh, 24 rounds. So yeah, I think Chris Kirk, and I believe Chris Kirk also, he's done well at this tournament. Yeah, so he didn't play it last year, but the years before that, tied 15th, 13th, cut, tied 12th. So he has three top 15 finishes yeah. over, you know, out of the last four times he's played this event. So he has a good course history also. So those are three guys I'm looking at down there. Yeah, it's 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 kind of just sets up nicely as like a. Florida Chris Kirk type track. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that to, to close the door on a guy like Corey Connors, he's, he's usually like a solid top 20 bet because he's cleaned up his game a lot in terms of this time last year, like I said, with the putter around the green, like he would just eject himself from around the green. It's kind of like what Doc Redman is doing. I mean, Doc Redman's just lost everywhere right now, but how Doc Redman was like six months ago, 
when you when you saw him playing poorly, it was because his around the green was off. So Connor's having his first missed cut uh, a couple weeks back since September, I believe. It's not something that I'll run away from, especially with the ownership. It, it makes it seem like people think in a smaller field event, he's going to end up missing the cut now. But you take some questions before hopping into the 6K range. So we had a question on just takes on Zal Torres. So John might have gotten in here a little bit later. What's going on, John Emanuel? So yeah, I guess we didn't really discuss this too much. Zal, Zal Torres and Burns, I ended up betting both of them. Those are uh, the final two bets of my four outright bets. I don't have any top 10s or top 20s right now. Probably something, probably don't bet any top fives, but something I'll look into. Zaltoris, I like. I like him at the 50 to 1 opening number. I'm sure he's like 40 to 1 now, 45 to 1 on some sites. I still think that that's fair. He's ball striking sets up nicely. His approach sets up nicely. At his price point, he's kind of in this loaded field where if you want to eat chalk, Burns is the guy that I like getting to um, right next to him. And if you want to get different, well, Home is like the only guy who's not picking up ownership there. So I'd prefer Zaltoris to Molinari. I think you get a little bit more consistency there. But yeah, he's fine all the way around. It's just kind of what you prefer. I'll prefer Burns and Homa in that 8K range. But Zaltoris is completely fine. I got the outright bet, so I feel comf- comfortable there and probably will just leverage that by not playing a lot of DFS on Zaltoris, more so take the outright bet. And then a question we just got was the opposite guy, or just right there in that price range, pick to win it all this week. Also, Sam Burns, 50 to 1 first round leader. I believe Dylan has Hovland to win it all. I currently don't have my one and done in. I'm kind of debating on this on who I want to go with. If I want to dip into that Sam Burns range, who will be probably somewhat popular in one and dones. If I just want to put Hatton, um, because those are like the two guys that I probably like the most to win this week. Um, we already used Homa. We actually ended up getting the, the hit. Actually, no, I, pl- I played Homa the week before when he doesn't get the hit, but he played well. Um, I- I've been the week before in every single guy. I played Homa the week before he won. I played um, Morikawa the week before when he misses the cut, the week before he ends up winning in, in this one and done tournament. So it's been brutal. But yeah, Burns 50 to 1 first round leader. That seems fine. Uh, honestly, I, first round leaders, though, like depending on how much like bankroll you're looking to put into your bets. I like to just go like the hundred to one range. Like a Corey Connors would be like the perfect first round leader. I believe his opening odds were like, I think 90 to one for first round leader. I saw in DraftKings at least. I'm sure there was a hundred to one out there. Any, any takes on first round leader on Sam Burns, 50 to one first round leader, Mr. Dylan Dylan. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever take, I don't ever take first round leader bets, but if I, I agree with your strategy that if you're going to take a first round leader, it may as well just be a hundred to one. Cause it could be anybody. I and mean, we saw it waste management, like Matthew Neesmith and Mark Hubbard tied for the lead after round one. Like th- those are the type of guys that I would be targeting. That being said, I see where he's, where Jay Wollen five is coming from here. Sam Burns, he's let he. I feel like the guy is just kind of gets up to a hot start every single week, so I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he he's a really good first round leader player, and like in these smaller fields, fifty to one's not as bad. You won't find a lot of bombs out there unless they're just terrible players, um, and that's not going to be the case in an invitational most of the time. So yeah, but that's like the general strategy on first round leader. Like I will try to usually add some, and I just basically usually forget to add some. It's not like a priority for me. But when I do play first round leaders, it is just going after those like 100, like literally just get like seven guys that are like anywhere from 100 to 300 to one and have some sort of a pulse and, and match the course because anybody can pop off for one day. Like anybody can play well for one day, shoot their career highs or just something close to it. It's the guys that like, there's a reason why those guys who win first round leaders and can hit for you at like 100, 150 to one, they're not winning tournaments. They're not consistent. Um, so yeah, I think that's where you can take advantage of some, Longer odds that probably shouldn't be there on some of the guys, uh, like the ones we're about to talk to in the 6K range uh, right now. We have one more question. The fam just got up in here. What's going on the fam? I don't know if the fam, I, I was looking, uh, the fam commented on one of my videos the other day, I think, or was in a live chat and I clicked on it because I was like, what is this? The fam? Is this like a vlogging YouTube channel? I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Pretty sure it's a vlogging YouTube channel with a family, which is uh, pretty cool. He says, just got here. Has outright winners changed? Thanks. Um, so my outright winners haven't changed yet. Yeah, they've been, they're hat right now, they're Hatton, Casey. Uh, Zalatoris and Mr. Samuel Burns right now. Welcome into the chat, the fam. So 6K range. 6K range, I literally have no interest below 6,500. I think the only guy I even have marked off is uh, CT Pan, and I don't have any of him right now. So a lot of my exposure will be basically like 6,500 and above in this range. And I actually think there's a decent amount of good players. Um, I'll let you start up top. Basically from 6,700 and above, anything stand out? Anything stand out to where you're like, yeah, that guy's probably something I would prioritize in like a single entry or my main lineup? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, eat the ownership with Matthew Neesmith at 6,900. I made the mistake. I believe it was at the Genesis where I was like, all right, like I've been on Neesmith for like a couple of weeks now. Now I'm going to finally hop off the train. He just plays well again on like a ridiculously tough golf course. So yeah, he'll, he'll rightfully so be high owned, but I think it's worth it as long as you're just not taking chalk everywhere else. Um, also Harold Varner, um, a guy that I took at Genesis as well, made the cut for me, then didn't play well on the weekend. He ranks 23rd in my model. So I like that. He plays really, really well on Bermuda grass. 
Um, so that's that's something that is obviously a plus here. So yeah, I like Harold Varner as well at 6,800. And then also Kyle Stanley, another guy that I've been gravitating towards the last few tournaments at 6,500, ranked 17. Yo, Kyle Stanley, we should just name this show Kyle Stanley. The Kyle yeah, Stanley I, appreciation. There's like a Twitter account, the 6K range. Uh, if they're listening to this right now, I don't know how, they, if they literally just go through and watch all the content. Yeah, make, make sure you put like a gold medal by Kyle Stanley's name. <laughs> we, we the boys that are, we're his sons right now. We just play him every single week and he keeps making us, at least he keeps making the cut for us. We'll take that. It's funny because I think the first time I like heard of Kyle Stanley as like a viable DFS option, I was I was believe I was listening to to a Mayo show and I was like and and Ben Rossa was like I think Kyle Stanley is like actually a good golfer and I so I did a research I was like Kyle Stanley okay and then I was like you know what like he might actually be good and then I started playing him and he's been producing so what, what oh yeah so since the since the RSM last year he had like one of his best career approach days and he finished sixth overall and literally since then he's been he's not been like elite like he's missed a cut to Sony but like this year specifically yeah like the worst finishes you're getting are like the middling 30s which for a guy at this price point like yeah, he's 6500 on this slate he was just $7,200 in a tougher field two weeks ago so yeah continues to kill it on approach last week um or genesis was a little bit different but yeah like the guy has been i would say stable consistent um if we keep getting a stretch where he loses on approach then maybe it's a concern but yeah right now last month or two he's been pretty consistent so the six k range is in the chat right now um <laughs> i don't know how I don't, I don't know what this uh i don't know if <laughs> he says i'm on it or she i don't know who it is but uh <laughs> i don't know if they got i don't know if they got bots up in these chats right now this would actually be a positive bots most of the bots are usually just like infomercial type shit but uh yeah there, there you go you're on you put a put put two gold medals around him we'll skew the ownership upwards it'll hit like fucking 20 percent on this guy yeah the six speaking <laughs> of throwing around speaking of throwing around the f-bomb i don't know if anybody saw my uh my tweet earlier i got my first it wasn't a banner or anything like that it wasn't anything crazy but my first ever limitation on uh <laughs> my first ever limitation on a youtube video i opened the video this morning by saying like happy national i hope I, I wish you all like to be happy there whatever like i want you to be happy there's national calendar day and then i just like go on my same spiel like throw out the f-bomb a couple times whatever it is and i get i get a notification that a human reviewer it's the weirdest thing to call somebody a human reviewer found this a video inappropriate by using strong profanity and has limited your advertising on it. So I was like, what the fuck is that? But apparently it's only in the first minute. So uh, we're good to throw around whatever we need to right now. So if you need to get anything off your chest, the floor is yours. <laughs> I, I just want to say this, this, this is unrelated, but the 6k range is an elite account. Like I, like that, that's just, that's a hilarious name for an account. I believe I was followed by the 6k range on Twitter, the 6k range. It's an important thing. I mean, <laughs> you got, it's, it's not, not easy, not easy to find gems down there. Yo, it's a good niche. What, what is he, he literally already posted it? Um, highly recommended player, Kyle Stanley, two stars. Shit, that's that's uh, you should requote <laughs> this too because there's, there's a guy in the range that I like more than that. That's funny. Um, but there's a guy in the range that I like more than that, and he's somebody that um, I actually like more than Kyle Stanley right now. So, so there's guys in the range, like a good amount of them right now. Like we can keep going through. You, you already named a decent amount of them. Um, I think Cam Pierce, he's been playing well. I think that like you also have strong options whether it's john hutt in the range probably not going to go to champ but uh good old sebastian munoz i'm gonna go there he's a guy that i have had zero interest in because everything was wrong with him uh a lot of it was just like the short game like around the green was catastrophic putter's been bad and then you end up seeing him do some decent stuff with the putter at the genesis and okay the guy finally makes a cut right but everything else the ball striking you off the tee the approach just brutal brutal but then you see last week okay something's starting to fire like back in october when he's finishing ninth and 10th and 14th and has uh some leads on going into saturdays of events when he was gaining strokes on approach, um, gaining strokes off the tee. That's what happened uh, at the WGC. He was neutral off the tee. He gained a ton on approach, almost five strokes. Is it just going to be this one, really two hot rounds that he had? Or is that something that's actually going to catapult him now? But if he's going to he finish 22nd there, if he's going to be priced low now in this range, and if we get, it's kind of been like a, two months at this point where we haven't seen any life out of him after seeing a lot of life out of him, like career highs for a month or two. Yeah, I'm going to jump right back on it at this point. And you can just be aware, like, yeah, Matthew Naismith probably picks up. We have him at 12% right now. Uh, Munoz currently coming in at 8% ownership. That's something that I'm okay to get to. I like me some Sebastian Munoz. What about you? Yeah, I'll I'll be honest. I've kind of just like, since since Munoz screwed me over at the waist, I've kind of just blocked him out of my memory. Like I had, you have I too had much no, scarring. Had, you have too I much had, scarring. I I had no idea he was in last week's tournament. I just blocked him out. Like I don't even like pay attention. But that, but now, but that that being said, uh, based on what you said, looking at the stats now, last week gained four point nine on approach, finished twenty second at the WGC. Not bad. That's, Not bad, huh? It, it's it is tempting. I, I I may do it. Like I, I just I just start him. I just I just I just gave him a star here. So maybe I will get to him at six seven. I think you make a pretty good point. Um, you mentioned Cameron Champ. 
there's a lot to like in terms of stats with him. 10th and I mentioned this before, 10th in proximity, 200 plus, but everything else is pretty much just broken for him. So I don't think I can get that right now. He, he, this is, this is his last few tournaments in terms of uh, strokes gained, just total strokes gained minus 4.7, minus 2.5, minus 2.9, minus 10.6, minus 3.7. And then you had the masters where he played well. So last five tournaments he's played in, he's been pretty brutal. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just rough for him. Like he, he's just lost everywhere at this point. Um, like the other parts of his game, like you're not gonna have a lot of guys in this range who have outs to their game. Like you need their one thing to work out in a major way, but that's just like what you don't have there. Like when the off the tee for him is, is okay. Nothing else is working. Like you don't have any other outs. And even if he has like a good putter week, it could still be brutal because he has nowhere on the green. He has like nothing else going for him. So that's where it's a little bit tough. Somebody says <laughs> we have uh, we have uh, we have Sebastian's cousin in the chat right now. He says Munoz representing not related, <laughs> not related cousin in the chat. That's funny. Um, what do we got? Oh, the fam says uh, he had his daughter's video get 17 and a half million views. That's how he ended up piling up the YouTube subscribers. Jesus says uh, the home and Colin picks. What, is, what was your daughter's video? I like, got 17 and a half million views. Dear Lord, talk, talk about going viral instantly. My man, my man soaked in the subscribers and then it's like, shit, what do we do now? We got all these people waiting for the next video. How are we going to go viral again? Dust that thing off and go right back at it. Yeah. So I think 6K range, that's where I'm at. So I, I would say that my priorities in the 6K range, um, or at least let's say 6,500 and above, uh, I'm going to go with Munoz and Stanley are the guys that I like the most here. John Ha is, is definitely strongly in play. He's probably my third interest in this range. I want EVR to be playing well. I want Varner to be playing well, but kind of like Munoz until last week, like it's been a couple of weeks, three, four weeks in a row now that these guys haven't shown much. Varner, yeah, like a month ago was okay, but I haven't shown much lately. Definitely not consistency. So yeah, 150s, I'm sure I'll get to some, but like in terms of my single entry lineup, my main lineup, it looks like it's coming down between Munoz, John Ha, and Mr. Kyle Stanley. What about you? Uh, yeah, and I mean, so yeah, the, the guys who I'm mostly going to focus on, um, Neesmith, Varner, and Stanley. That being said, I've been convinced slightly on Munoz, so maybe it'll happen for me. Uh, and then, and then, and then, and then uh, you brought him up. We got the 6K range in the chat here, also mentioning him again. Cam Piercy is a guy who did stand out to me um, with my original research. Ranks fourth in greens and regulation gained. I mean, anytime you're ranking that high in greens and regulation game, just giving yourself opportunities. Uh, that's, that's a very good thing. Um, played really well at Puerto Rico last week, uh, finished seventh there, gained 10.2 strokes total, finished 20, uh, 21st at the pro-am, uh, a few weeks ago. So yeah, he's playing really well. I could see, I, if I need, if I need like a six, five guy and I already put Stanley in another lineup, then I could see myself getting the PRC as my next guy, but he would probably be my fourth or fifth priority in the six K range. That's fair. Yeah. So I, I guess it seems fair right now for me to place a little something on Sebastian Munoz five to one to finish top 20. I feel like that's a, I, th- I feel like that's um warranted at this point, smaller field event. So you're not going to get like these eight to one numbers. Is anybody like, I mean, you're going to have like guys, obviously that you'd never even heard of like the Paul guy like you were saying earlier, he's gonna be like 30 to one. Um, but yeah, Sebastian Munoz five to one. I'm going to take the 20 to one number on that. We've been talking about it too much for it to probably not work out. So uh, we'll, we'll end up getting to that one. But I think that's where I think that's where I'm at right now. Like six, we can talk like is anything below 6,500. Like what is the lowest you'd go for me? And, I, and I'm talking not even like 150s. Like you're putting in your lineup that's got literally all of your exposure and single entries, whatever it might be. What is the lowest that you go here and feel comfortable? For me, it's it's no one. Like CT Pan, I said at 6,200, at least looks like a golfer. I know Charles at 63 hasn't been doing much at all though. The same thing with like Sabs. Like there's names down here, Redmond, Straka. Like there's names down here, but they've been doing nothing for a month plus at this point. Yeah, I, lowest I go is six five. Can't see myself dipping below that. Can't see myself dipping below Stanley and Piercy um, with some of these other guys down here. Will Will Gordon, another interesting name just because of his proximity, 200 plus stat at ranking seventh. Um, that being said, I would prefer to have Peter C and Stanley. Also, Will Gordon finished 27th at Puerto Rico, 21st and 18 t Pro M. So maybe there is something there, but probably just going to stick with Peter. Yeah, he's C coming Stanley. on. Yeah, that's that's the yeah, lowest. Gordon, I've, I've been yeah, I've been watching Gordon. He's coming on. I mean, it was like during the like I think it was right after the pandemic. Like Will Gordon popped onto the scene. I think it was the Travelers. He finished third, and then there was all this hype about Will yeah, Gordon. He, he, he gained strokes off. everywhere, and then he was literally terrible. I mean, I think the Wyndham. Let me see. Was it the Wyndham or Safer? Yeah, Wyndham. He pops up and he plays well, and then he's just been like literally terrible everywhere since. But now you're showing some life. We just don't have stats from Puerto Rico. Like he didn't really do anything at the AT and T Pro. He was just kind of solid everywhere. It wasn't like strong anywhere. He just wasn't making mistakes. That was really it. He wasn't scoring all that much. Wasn't making mistakes. So. It'd be interesting to see, like, if at the Puerto Rico Open, like, the approach was finally clicking, but we don't have those stats. So, yeah, it's it's at least worth pointing out that he's trending in the right direction after, like, for a year not playing this well. Um, 
but yeah, I, I would say that that's, that's really where I'm at. There's, there's nothing down there. We have some questions coming in into the chat about some guys down here or in the seven K range too. Connor's list or Kirk quick fire answer. I'll go Connor's. What about you? Just because I feel like Connor's always, you know, never lives up to expectations. Despite the fact that I'm playing him, I'll go Kirk. That's fair. Quick fire answer on uh, Steve Stricker or Zach Johnson here. Um, Zach in Johnson. The punt range. Yeah, Zach Johnson. He actually he actually does rank well in my model. I didn't mention him just because he's Zach Johnson and he hasn't been doing anything spectacular. But for whatever reason, ranks twenty seventh in my model and he ranks pretty solid in a lot of key stats this week. And that is why. Um, so I'll say Zach Johnson. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like he actually. I'm not going to say win upside. Like I'm sure Zach Johnson will win a PJ tour event sometime in the next 20 years, but I think he has a little bit more ceiling uh, than Steve Shirker. Steve Shirker has to be like really hot with his putter to do anything. Whereas Zach Johnson at least has something to do with his irons here and there. So yeah, we'll go with Mr. Zach Johnson. If you guys want any of your quick fire chat, I think there's across all platforms, like a hundred people watching right now live, which is pretty cool. Still watching live on a Wednesday afternoon. If you guys want anything right now, quick fire answers, we're going to hit them for the next couple of minutes. That's where we're at on picks, things like that. I'll, I'll, I already posted kind of my betting card still. If I had any top twenties, really like the, uh, the Munoz, I might add Corey Connors is a top 20. I'll see what those odds are. Is he, is he at least like three to one? I doubt it in the small of the field. Yeah, he's three point three and a half to one on DraftKings basically. So yeah, I'll post the end of that on Twitter at Salvage DFS at four o'clock. I'm going to be posting another one of those short, um, today in sports. It's going to be this week in sports on Twitter and some other platforms. So you guys can look out for that, but that's it live at four 30 today for NBA. I will be uh, any other questions, follow, file them in now. But other than that, Mr. Dylan Bird, any closing thoughts on this tournament? Does it start? Is it finally starting early tomorrow? Like, um, like obviously some of them, now that we're back in Florida, is it? I would, assume, I, would assume, I would assume so since it's in Florida. Um, but I was going to say, as closing, closing thoughts, my potential betting card right now, I'm looking at Sunjay at 25 to 1, Sam Burns for sure 45 to 1, Zalatoris possibly at, I believe he's at 45 as well or 50. Um, definitely considering him or i may just go top five with zal torres at 10 to 1 or top 10 at plus 450 but feel like at this point if if that's the drop off in odds i should just bet him to win um and then camp davis at 80 to 1 is probably the lowest i'll go in terms of odds yeah i think that's fair so yeah my betting cards out there right now there's no other questions the other thing that i will say is that the event does start at 7 a.m there's going to be so much upside on Superdraft. So again, they're the presenting sponsor. But right now, th their biggest tournament is 2000 the first, which might not seem like a lot, but it currently is only filling at 20%. But you have to check back on it tonight at like, just look like nine or 10 o'clock because obviously 10 or eight of those hours is going to be filled with people sleeping for the most part. The people on the West Coast, the second they go to bed, they're not entering at 4 a.m. before this tournament starts. And there was a tournament, I believe, last year, not around this time, but like maybe July or August that started at 6 a.m., and it might have even been overseas somewhere, but it was starting at 6 a.m. I went on to Superdraft. It was like 37% filled with like five minutes to go until like the contest ended, which literally means if you entered a tournament, you automatically beat like 70% of the field and 25% of the field gets paid. So like it's so hard to not even, it's, it was almost free money. That's probably not gonna be the case with this one right now, but it starts so early that my guess would be it fills at like 60%. That would be my guess on this. That's how MMA and golf have been filling. So yeah, if you wanna use the code SAL, it's linked down below in the description. You get a free money bonus up to 500 bucks. Take advantage of those types of things. So that's from my right now. Everybody, thank you for tuning in for Mr. Dylan. Check him out over on Twitter at sports underscore bird over on the YouTubes. Is it is it sports bird on YouTube too, or is it your name? Or sports bird on YouTube as well. B-U-R-D on the bird. It's right. The spelling is on my Twitter handle in the, in the there right. There you part. go. So yeah. There you go. Check out all he's got to offer in the NBA streets, the Galf streets. And yeah, everybody, you can find all my stuff on Twitter. Find all my stuff obviously right here. Like, subscribe, do those things. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, 1 p.m. for some Galf. And we'll be coming back on this channel at 4.30 p.m. for some NBA talk. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Like, subscribe before you go, and I'll see you all in the next one.